There was barely enough light to read in William Sotheby's tiny garret room. The cold autumn rain traced paths of silver through the grime on the tiny window. Perhaps if it rained all week, he'd be able to see again without squinting. When the townhouse had belonged to his father, this tiny room had housed an upstairs maid. Now the room offered William a modicum of privacy, although it could not shelter him completely from the disapproval of his guardian, his late mother's brother. William sat on the bed with his left knee to his chest, staring out the window, one hand gently massaging his aching right thigh in what had become a reflexive gesture over the years. He tried not to think of the argument that had occurred over breakfast. His uncle had once again refused to allow him to return to Paris and his studies at l'Académie des Sciences Mécaniques. He tried not to think of Dieter and Colette waiting for him in the ramshackle apartment that the three of them had shared for the happiest months he'd had since he'd left India. He tried not to think of the station in India where he'd spent his childhood, or of dark-eyed, duplicitous Rupesh, his beloved betrayer. He tried to think of nothing at all, and as usual failed miserably. There was a knock on the door, which set the crooked, creaking door to swinging, and allowed another young man to enter. The newcomer stopped just inside the doorway and cleared his throat. "'I heard you had another row with my father,' he said quietly. William didn't turn. "'He's being unreasonable, Gerald. It's been two years since Mother died. It's been nearly six months since we all put aside full mourning. There is no reason why I shouldn't be able to go back to university.' Gerald shoved his hands into his pockets. "'You could finish your studies here. Aunt Beatrice would have been happy to see you at Trinity.' "'That's not true, and you know it,' William interrupted. "'My mother wanted me to attend the academy. She wanted to be an artificer, like my father was. That was my father's dearest wish, and she agreed with him. But, Gerald, you know as well as I do why Uncle James wants me here. He wants to keep me and my inheritance under his thumb for as long as possible.' If I go back to Paris, he won't be able to spend my allowance any more. Once spring comes and I'm of age, he won't have access to my money at all. Not that I wouldn't be happy to provide for you. You're my family and heaven knows the money is there. But that's no reason to keep me practically a prisoner in my own home. Wills, that's unfair, William snorted, swinging his legs over the edge of the bed. Really? How many calling cards have been left for me since morning ended, Jerry? How many invitations? How many letters from my friends in Paris? Or reports from Jennings? You might know. I don't. The only reason I know that Uncle doesn't show them to me is that the day before yesterday I found one of the reports on the grate. It didn't burn completely, along with a draft of a letter to Jennings that was supposed to be from me, to which I can only assume Uncle signed my name. He really does need to be more careful when he's burning papers. Gerald looked shocked. He what? You didn't know? William looked up at his cousin. You really didn't know, did you? Well, where did you think the money for Lucy's dowry came from? I don't begrudge it. Lucy deserves to be happy and Henry Overton is a good man. But it would have been nice if Uncle had asked me.